Hello and welcome to the one year celebration of the Just Dumb Enough podcast. Yes. Yeah. Alright, it is crazy to think that it has both already been a year and only been a year. You know, so many things have happened in the last year, events in my life personally, not knowing how I was going to do this show that I committed to doing, meeting so many truly amazing people as guests, and taking in all the lessons and wisdom they brought with them. I'll apologize now, this whole episode is being recorded live, with an audience, and a bit off the cuff, so I might not be as well polished as the weekly shows that I produce. Also, I might stumble and have to recollect my thoughts along the way, or go down some tangents as they come to me, but I hope you enjoy it all the same. I will also be drinking water, because I kind of expect to be talking for a while. The structure of this whole episode is going to be looking at things in chronological order, from the time I started recording all the way up into the future of the show, and things I hope to be doing along the way. It might be a long episode, but since it's only me talking, it'll probably make for a great episode that people can put on repeatedly to sleep. I was just told recently that my voice and personality secrete melatonin, which hopefully is a good thing. <laughs> I'll also be sure to throw timestamps in the description after the live stream is over so people can jump around if they want to hear something specific. But before I get into the meat and potatoes of the content, I wanted to say a couple things to the audience. Firstly, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this little show I put out. It's a project that I started because I wanted to hear people talk about their passions, and it's evolved into so much more. As people who listened to the first couple episodes were aware, I started out recording with my mom and a friend. I thought the guests I would be getting would be some guy from the local gas station to talk about what we didn't know about pumping gas. Really everyday stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I still really want to do more of those shows. But things sort of snowballed in terms of smaller guests telling their bigger friends and those people referring even more people, until I was talking to major CEOs and nearly billionaires. It happened so fast, I'm not even sure how it all got that way. And the same thing with the audience. It started out with just some friends listening to the show in my home state. Now, or as of yesterday, when I was checking this for my notes, this podcast has an audience in over 115 countries. That's insane when I think about the sheer number of places in the world that have heard my voice. I even bought maps to start coloring them in just to really drive that visual home. And not just that, when I was getting started, I grabbed this little book that had me journal some expectations about the goals I wanted to hit for the podcast. I think I looked at a site that said the average plays for the average podcast is 29 in its first week. So I set my sights on beating the average and having 30 subscribers by the end of year one. Little did I know that I would break that within the first couple months. Looking at it right now, I am at 530 subscribers. So I beat my own expectations by the round number of 500. And to put that another way, I am 
1,700% over my goal. And that only accounts for the people that actually hit the subscribe button. There's a statistic I read that only 10% of creators' views or listens come from subscribed accounts. So there's that to try and wrap my head around. And while I'm on the topic, I may as well read out my top 10 countries based on listenership. If you listen to the end of the episodes, this was something I started off reading just to share what was going on with the show. Eventually, it became a sort of competition between listeners to try and get their countries higher on the rankings and beat others, which is fun, and also a great way to encourage people to share the show. So without further ado, the top 10 for year number one. Hopefully it picks up that drum roll. (laughs) Number one, the United States of America. No huge shock, considering that it's where I live. But one day, early on, it went from 95% of my audience down to 90%, then to 80 and eventually down to 50%, which is where it currently sits overall. And that's accounting how long they made up the bulk of my listeners, because right now in the month of September, uh, they are actually closer to 40% of my overall audience. So other countries are growing their audience faster than the U.S. can keep up with. They are still number one by a healthy amount, with 12 states that have over 100 each, and the top three being Oregon, California, and Washington. So the whole West Coast. Time to catch up, Middle America and East Coast. On to number two, the United Kingdom. I don't get as in-depth stats on this one as I do for others, but I know that they have come in the top three pretty much every month for the whole year. I now know a couple podcasters out that direction, and have even talked about joining up with one of their networks, which would be a giant leap forward to making this show a full-time career. Number three, Canada, home of many of our favorite guests and now personal friends like Matthew Stapley. Their number one province is Ontario, just barely beating out Alberta. And speaking of barely beating the competition, Canada just barely secured their spot over number four, Australia. And when I say close, I mean by five listeners and a handful of downloads. That's really close. Australia is led by top state New South Wales. Another thing I had to learn, Australia uses states and not provinces or territories, although there are several called territories. Number five, and probably the most hotly contested spot in the regular rankings, goes to Sweden. They're pretty new to the show and have grown incredibly fast. They're led by Vestra Oatland, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Uh, This is kind of taking longer than I thought, so let's burn through the other five. Number six, New Zealand, just missing that spot for Sweden. Number seven, India. Number eight, South Africa. Number nine, Germany, led by Hessen. And finally, number ten, Iran. It's pretty incredible to me that I can have a list like this, much less have so many countries that have over a hundred listeners that some of them don't even break the top ten. 
lastly here, I just wanted to say what an honor it's been to be able to travel and hang out with some of my awesome fans, which are probably some of the best around. Let's see, I did uh, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta, Austin, San Jose, and then of course here in Oregon. The people I got to meet and the time we spent together is something I'll honestly treasure for the rest of my life. I hope to get to do even more of it as time goes on and as the show grows. So, on to show history, finally. I started out listening to podcasts back in 2017, which wasn't early, but it was when I was working a job that required I wear headphones for hours at a time. It was honestly probably the best part about that job, and I found a ton of shows that formed a lot of the tastes in podcasts that I have now. The problem is that I'm the kind of person who gets bored listening to the same thing over and over. I was dropping shows out of boredom more than anything. So to try and remedy that, I started making playlists of podcasts where every episode was followed by something else in an entirely different genre. But flipping from actual play to true crime and then to self-improvement was really jarring. And all the shows I was listening to were really good. They had quality and they knew their topics, but in being so unique, they couldn't flow into anything else. I wanted to find a show where every episode kept the same format and lighthearted flow, but changed the topic constantly. Some might say talk shows are good for this, but most of them cover current events, and that makes them age really poorly if you're listening to multiple episodes per day and not in the order they were released. So I came up with the Just Dumb Enough show design by the next year, and I figured someone was working on it. But after searching and waiting for someone famous or more skilled to make the show I wanted to hear for nearly three years, mind you, I decided to just do it myself. How hard could it be, right? Well, the setup itself was pretty easy. I already had a decent enough laptop from the year before. Not that I needed it to be good enough to run any of the programs that I use, and in fact I still use the same laptop and the same programs without any issue. The microphone everyone talked about at the time was the Blue Yeti. It became famous, and then infamous. If you want one, it's about $100 online, and it works on any computer that has a USB port. But know that it's also extremely temperamental. The mic picks up all noise in the area, which some might think is good, but I mean literally everything in the area, including the vibration in the air. It's got loads of other issues, but that's not really important or what we're talking about. Outside of those, I needed a place to host my podcast, some place that would distribute the show to all of the other apps and websites, without a ton of work on my end, since I still don't know very much on the tech side. I chose Podbean after it was recommended to me by some pro-podcaster acquaintances. That cost just over $100 for a year, which is pretty cheap, honestly, when you compare it to a lot of the others. Then I picked up a couple years of a website and domain name. I kept thinking that someone would steal it out from under me otherwise, 
but I never really got around to using it, and it doesn't see any traffic. I got that through Hostinger, and it was close to $150 for a three-year subscription, which also I don't think is terrible. Um, I also purchased, as well as repurposed, some foam to help dampen the echo that I was hearing on that Yeti mic. Truthfully, I can't tell any difference at all, so you could get away with doing this one for free and be totally fine. Uh, my total investment, if you're keeping track, is roughly $400, plus a functional computer, which most people already own. Realistically, you could skip some of my mistakes and do it for less than $200. After all that, I owned the feed for my show, but it needed a name. And ever since 2018-ish, I had the name just dumb enough in my head. I thought it was a great name for a show where you learn things because you can't expect to be an expert at everything. Personally, I still love the name of the show, and I have no intention of ever changing it, but it has certainly caused me problems along the way. When you're constantly inviting guests on like I am, Many people refuse right off the bat because they don't want to be associated with being dumb. Which is ridiculous. As I said, no one person on this planet is an expert at anything. So we must all be dumb in most areas. That's not a bad thing. It means we can learn and grow and improve if we choose to. But it's hard when you're in the spotlight to see that or to understand it. I can't blame people for not being as comfortable calling themselves dumb as I am. And it took me time, too. I don't have to speak publicly or sell my book or promote my services. What really bothers me way more than any of this was the guests I've had which came on the show, seemed to enjoy themselves, and then refused to share that they were on the show because it might make people associate them with being dumb, or with the word dumb. I don't want to be too critical, but what the hell? You agreed to come on the show knowing the name, and want, you want me to use my platform to help you grow what you do, but you can't extend the same courtesy even if it's something that we already discussed beforehand? That's just the worst. Although I won't do it, it makes me want to go back and remove anything they plugged about themselves from the episode. Instead, after a lot of deep breaths, I've come to just decide that it's the cost I pay for taking their time on the show, since I don't pay appearance fees. That said, most podcasts that I've gotten to know over this last year also don't pay appearance fees, regardless of their size. I've heard that some podcasts actually do charge their guest a fee to share the guest's things with a larger audience, but I don't know any of those shows personally, and I wouldn't engage with it myself. The last thing I'll say on starting up is not going to be new for long-time listeners. It's the time requirement. Holy crap. <laughs> if I had known before I started... I probably would have delayed myself even longer. So, I'm glad I didn't know, because I couldn't imagine not doing this podcast.
I'll explain all of these from my perspective and just know that it differs based on the show genre. They are not all like me. First, you have to find a guest to come on the show. There's a lot of paid services out there that help, but I don't use any of them because I've never needed help that badly. But for every hour that I spend inviting guests, I get maybe one interested email back. Then I have to email them for a while to convince them to come on and get them scheduled. Scheduling used to be way harder before I switched to an automated assistant that just displays my availability. And I could have sent six emails back and forth before I got a time nailed down. Let's call it all so far an hour and a half for the sake of easy math. Most people think I come into the episodes totally blind. And I do try and, you know, keep some of that dumb mentality. But I also make sure that I always look into the topic beforehand so that I cover common questions, listener questions, and just the way that I speak without being ignorant instead of dumb. I never want to be rude or offend a guest or my audience by saying something mean without knowing it. It might take as little as 30 minutes, or as long as two hours, depending on the complexity of the topic. But, as with everything here, I'm just going to lowball it at 30 minutes. Then, I log in early before the meeting, I check all my equipment levels, I get ready, the guest and I do the interview with some mild chatting before and after, and I make sure to convert and save the file so I don't lose it. With my average interview being an hour long, it's about an hour and a half total. Editing is the last big step, and as a rule of thumb in this field, it takes two to three times longer to edit than the episode length. So, an hour interview takes two to three hours to edit the raw audio file. Then I write my intro and outro, I record those, I clean them up, I compile it all with music and I publish it online with the written description. It's probably a real low guess, but I'm going to say three hours for simplicity. Tack on an extra half hour at the end to post on social media, promoting all of the episodes and things that I'm doing. If you're doing your math at home, that means the low estimate of time it takes me for each episode is seven hours. <laughs> Times that by two shows a week for a grand total of 14 hours a week. All this to say, it's a lot of work running the show, especially by myself, while working a 48-hour-a-week job. It doesn't leave me a lot of free time, but I'm doing it. Now that all that is done with, time to cover all the stuff from the start until just recently. At first... I wasn't sure how the show was going to do. A lot of friends and family listened in the first couple days when I started sharing that I was doing the show, but overall my first full month only saw 139 downloads. With the shows releasing that month topping out at like 17 apiece, that's well below the 30 listens I was aiming for, even if I gave it the whole month and not just tracked the first week. That was a good reality check on my expectations, but it never got me down. Knowing that anyone was listening 
even a single listener a day, meant people cared about what I was doing. The hard days were when I checked my host websites and I saw that I had zero downloads for an entire day, and sometimes those would be two, three days in a row. But I pressed on, knowing I had lots of time before my goal deadline, which is still, even now, two days away. Somehow in there, a stranger on the internet believed in me enough to pay for me to read his ad on my show, yodel.io, my first ever sponsor. I, I nearly cried, and in fact I'm almost crying now just thinking about it. Someone, anyone, believed in me enough to pay me real-world money to do this show that I love so much. And then on my birthday... November 24th, I got an email from Podbean, and they were emailing to let me know that I'd been selected as a featured podcast. They wanted to promote my show starting in December by putting it on the front page of their website and app and helping people find it. They told me I'd be up there for two weeks, enough time to prove that I had what it takes to stay on the featured list or to fail spectacularly and be removed. During that window, I would be required to read an ad somewhere in the show promoting Podbean as a good service and giving them a discount code, or giving a discount code to the audience. I ended up staying on the list for almost a month and a half because of the show growth and success. The ad was honestly the least I could do, and I was happy to do it. I hope Podbean knows how much I appreciated that opportunity. It's the reason I will always tell anyone who asks me for advice to use their hosting service. They never had to help me. They just had to sit back and cash the paycheck. But they chose to take a chance on me, and this show wouldn't be where it is without them. That's all something I've never heard of any other service offering. Not Spotify or Apple, not Buzzsprout, and certainly not the free services like Anchor. It wasn't all easy and clean. There were a lot of hurdles in the middle, like having guests on that I couldn't even air. Um, one recorded off of an old laptop mic in the middle of the most echoey kitchen of all time. The audio was so bad I couldn't fix it to make it listenable, and certainly not something that I would put my name on, despite that guest being a nice person, I just couldn't use it. On a totally different side of the coin was a guest who came on and gave a very decent interview, despite me clipping out some bad conspiracy opinions. That episode, by the way, is still up and not going anywhere, so see if you can guess who it was. But when they came back for a second interview, it was off the rails from minute one. They were ranting about being an extra-dimensional being, living outside the concerns of our third-dimensional world, and just generally more of the craziest stuff I've ever heard. I tried to play my part and rein them in while asking them to elaborate on things us normal people would never understand. It didn't work, in the slightest, and after some quick wrap-up, I immediately deleted the episode. 
there just was no usable material or space for it in this show. And despite the name of the show, or how casual it can be, I genuinely want it to be educational and factual for my audience. Anyway, with that rant over, the next big thing is something I learned about along the way. It's called the creator curse. What it means is that anything you put your heart and soul into and feel should be the most successful thing you've ever done will inevitably fall flat on its face. Performance-wise, those episodes are usually no better performing than any episodes around them and sometimes do worse for whatever reason. Meanwhile, things you don't feel good about or are hesitant to release at all will become some of your most successful content. For a while, two of my three most popular episodes were things I didn't even intend to release because I thought they were subpar. In fact, my most downloaded episode right now is still one of those episodes. To counter some of my own concerns, I ended up upgrading several pieces of equipment. The new mic I use is way better and far more precise than the original Yeti. It's not Yeti at all, in fact, don't think that I'm still using a Yeti device. It was also more than twice the price. What I hadn't accounted for was the new XLR gear I would need to run this mic. That cost quite a bit more just to make the mic usable. But now that I have a system that can run XLR, it's called a Scarlet, and I bought some full-on studio headphones, I feel much better about my editing and production quality. On a really cool creator-based note, I have been chosen to speak at the National Publicity Summit on a panel twice now, one of those just being a couple days ago. It's a really fun event where media experts field all kinds of questions and guest pitches from a big and diverse audience. I didn't think I was qualified to be on the same panel as those around me initially, but the reaction from both the staff and the audience says otherwise. I didn't even know the first time I did it that I'd be getting paid, so that was kind of a cool happenstance. And speaking of that happening twice... I was also reselected to join the featured list by Podbean back in June, just before I got to be a guest star on Iconoblast, which was also a ton of fun and I recommend thoroughly. That time, I ended up staying on the list for almost two and a half months, and remained highly rated at that. It was a great challenge to try and keep momentum high enough to stay there, and it pushed me to do the two-a-week release schedule that I do now. That growth boom and the name recognition really paid off, because I became the number one education podcast on Podbean, and I stayed there for over a month. I was even displayed higher than some mega shows like Jordan Peterson or TED Talks. I have never doubted reality more than when I saw that, which is why I took screenshots. <laughs> Over time, the natural order does take over, and I slid down the rankings, but it still showed me that I have a chance to be something bigger. The only real thing that has made me second-guess that feeling is probably my biggest insecurity, 
it's my audience interaction. Now, I love my audience, and I am so happy that any of you listen to my ramblings during episodes like these. But it feels really bizarre to have the subscribers that I do and have met the people that I have, yet still not get any regular communication. I've had a handful of comments on different pages, and I've received some listener questions, but it seems so few and far between. I'm going to try some new things to increase engagement, but I'd really enjoy hearing from more listeners. That brings us up to right now. I put out an open call to listeners, asking them to come on the show if they had a passion or expertise, but I've sadly not heard that much. The other thing I'm trying when I can is to ask everyday people that I run into if they'd like to talk about their careers and so on. Surprise, surprise, it's really hard to convince strangers to come back to a studio at your house, and also that they don't want to explain their work when they're off the clock. Couple that with a new healthy anxiety level about the whole thing, and it's not very shocking that I haven't found any people that way. Please send help. Other than that, and destroying my voice during super long straight reads like this one, not much is really happening in this instant. The future, however, is something else entirely. If you've made it this far into the episode, you deserve a round of applause. And anyway, I think the biggest point to address is the release schedule. Will I continue doing two JDEP episodes per week? The answer is almost certainly yes. What those episodes are might change up a bit, though. The first option is something I've already sort of tried unofficially. It would be one full-sized episode and one short episode. The problem with this option is that it requires topics and speakers that only need a half hour to get through everything. Sometimes that happens organically, but I don't want to cut anyone short just for that reason, so it's unlikely to be the new plan. The next thought is to do alternating episodes, where Monday is a regular experts episode and Thursday is what I would call amateur hour. It would be a chance to showcase listeners who have been inspired to try something hard or enter a new career field, or even start a new hobby. That lets everyone in the audience experience how the world isn't made up of just experts and dummies, but instead has people shooting for the stars and sharing their journey from its beginning. I'd love to hear from listeners on what they want to hear more of, and until I have a concrete plan, I'll just be sticking with the standard two full episodes weekly, for as long as I can manage. As I mentioned earlier, the real problem is the time commitment on top of the full-time job. I set up a Patreon back at the start, but it never really saw anyone sign up or show interest. It's an unfortunate trade, especially at the beginning, because it requires even more work weekly, 
with the hope of someday funding the show to go part or full time. There's also an opportunity now for me to start having ad reads and placements like bigger shows. I've been offered automated ad rotations by Podbean, but it's hard to accept not knowing what the ads are and also not liking how many ads I've heard in other shows. But it might start at least paying for the podcast bills by itself, which would be nice. And maybe that becomes the new thing, is that I, you know, publish the podcasts with the ads on native platforms, and then I host the same episodes, essentially, over on Patreon, but uncut and without any of the ads. I'm going to continue to beg for interaction from the audience. It's super easy to get a hold of me, after all. Just go to any social media, type the show name, just Dumb Enough Podcast, and send a message to the account that I'm sure is listed. You can also interact by leaving reviews or comments whenever, wherever you're listening from. I respond to those as well. Uh, lastly, looking towards the future, there is a high likelihood of starting a new show on the side that either requires less work or features co-hosts that would be taking on that extra workload. It is not the end of Just Dumb Enough. Like I said, I'm going to continue my release schedule all the same, no matter what. But it just feels like a way to reach new audiences and spread into new genres and, you know, just expand the reach overall. So it wouldn't be like this show either. The most flushed out idea was actually recommended to me by an audience member that I met in person. I used their quote at the top of all this when I said, My voice secretes melatonin. They actually requested that I start a show where all I do is read a story of some kind, because everything about me relaxes them, and they wanted to put on episodes with the hope of helping them get to sleep and not hearing a high-energy guest. It's really an interesting idea, because it lets me get more practice as a speaker, to hone my vocal endurance, and also to provide a service, since Sleep With Me and several other shows of that style are very popular, and some people might even just show up for the story. Alright, that last part's not actually very likely, since they'd probably just pass out if they weren't listening while doing an activity of some sort, so the story probably isn't very important. The biggest problem is finding something to read that's not inherently interesting enough to keep people awake, and also free, so that I'm not violating copyright laws by reading material that I don't own. All that said, I actually like this idea. It obviously still needs work, like a name, and a theme, and content, but it could be a lot of fun, and my own time in would just be reading plus minor editing. And I know there's a couple shows out there, this is a tangent here, but there's a couple shows out there that just read popular books as like an audiobook format, and some people use those to go to sleep. However, the problem is 
that they don't own the rights to those shows or those books or whatever it is they're reading from. And so they end up getting copyright strikes and getting cease and desist letters and their shows are taken down. And I don't want that to happen to this show. So I'm going to try and be very careful about any content that I might pick for that show. Now, if you have some suggestions about content or what you think the show might be named or anything else, please tell me about those. I'd love to hear about them. Um, another idea pitched to me by two of my audience members was to do a sports show. These can be very popular and they have a really broad audience, especially here in the U.S. I, I don't know about speaking outside of that. The thing is that I'm not really a sports guy, and the best way to make it work would be to have one or two stable hosts and a couple of rotating hosts. That's a lot to schedule, and I'm not sure I fit into it well at all. I would facilitate the show happening because I think podcasting is great, and people with the commitment and drive and things to say should do those shows. But it wouldn't be a show that I claim as my own. After saying all that, and thinking about it, the only way to make it a show that I'm on would be to feature me as the resident idiot who needs things explained. And that's bad for a couple reasons. Because, first of all, it's annoying for people who already know and love sports. Plus, it can't compete with other shows that already exist to teach people about sports, like Go My Favorite Sports Team, which is co-hosted by mega-internet celebrity Markiplier. The last pitch was a News of the Week and Banter show, and I know these are popular in the podcast space, both for listeners and podcasters. The big problem is that there are a metric ton of these shows that already exist, and most of them have been doing it for years, so it would be really hard to break into that market. Also, as I mentioned at the top, at least for me, these aren't evergreen content, so the show lives or dies on every episode being good, which is a lot of pressure. And don't get me wrong, I'd still do it because it would be a lot of fun to BS with friends and to rant about things but I'd definitely have to hand control of that editing over to whoever else was on the show with me because it would be a bunch of extra work for me that I'm not well-equipped to deal with. <sighs> Alright, how long has this episode been going for? Alright, that's not bad. When I was I was writing up these bullet points and I was thinking about it and I was kind of talking myself through a bunch of the, the points, I really thought it might go super long, um, and I'm glad it didn't for a couple reasons. I mean, number one, people are really hesitant to click on episodes that are super long, but also I don't know how well my voice would handle that. Um, I've been reading for about 42 minutes straight, and my voice is a little, a little uh, rougher. You might be able to hear that on this recording. And I'm drinking water, probably not as much as I'm supposed to. I don't know all the good practices behind 
you know, voice acting and voice narration and all those things, despite having Roy Worley on the show, who is super talented at all of that narration and does it for a living. But that's not me. And I generally, if you listen to the episodes, don't talk all that much because my job is just facilitating the experts in talking about what they know and questions that the audience might have and very simple things. Anyway, okay. Um, I think that about wraps everything up. I only got a couple of listener questions, and I answered most of them within the future section, mostly. The only exception was the startup cost and the process, which is way back at the start, and probably why that section lasted too long is because I know someone wanted to hear it. I hope you've all enjoyed the one-year episode celebration. I know it was nothing crazy or wild or super long, but it was a lot of fun, even though I had no idea that I'd be... how long I'd be talking for. Uh, there likely won't be another episode like this until maybe episode 100 or the two-year mark. We'll kind of see how things go. If you did drop by just to listen to me speak or you're replaying this episode because it soothes you and it helps you get to sleep, feel free to play this episode on repeat. Also, you know, send me a message and say, hey, you should name your show this, and I'd like you to read this kind of content. I'll do that. As, as long as people can pitch me things, I'll just do that show. I actually, I look forward to being able to do that kind of sleep with me style show where I'm going to just talk and talk and talk, and you get to fall asleep to it because that helps my audience get good rest, which I think is awesome. And it keeps numbers up as far as my end, so that show would effectively run itself because people just hit play and they let the episodes go, and that's really something. So if you liked all that, just let me know. Reach out to me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever else it is you listen from. Drop me a content, send me a message. I'll be sure to get back to you. And that, remember to subscribe to the show, to rate the show, review the show, and come back every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. Bye bye <laughs>